Welcome back to another episode of the Sports Ethos Dallas Mavericks Podcast. I'm your host, Lawrence Brooks, here with my co-host, Corbin Ford, here to break down the Dallas Mavericks loss. Man, they took a bad one, 112 to 87, and it, it was not pretty on any level. But before we get into that, let me let you guys know, there's no such thing as fantasy offseason. Only pre-draft season, and at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert analysis are churning out important lessons learned in draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get a jump on your prep and we'll have incredible free agency and summer league coverage as well. But only if you're a part of our premium member team, which you should be if you're listening, because this is going to help you win. Head over to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. It's only $5.99, which is a very small amount compared to what you'll win, because if you're anything like me, you only play for money. Maybe I shouldn't promote that, but at the same time, a win is a win. That being said, Corbin, man, these Mavericks, I mean, the, 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 the way to simplify this is they didn't make shots. So that's the obvious. Aside from that, what did you take away from this game that Dallas just did not really come prepared to do? You know, man, you just said a win is a win. We didn't see that from Dallas last night. I felt like they didn't come with the matched intensity and maybe not a thorough understanding of how versatile the Warriors can and are, you know, like can be and are. It was a, a fundamental misunderstanding of, okay, we're going to play our game and that's going to sustain um, and hold up over time, which is great. But there's this little thing called adjustments that I felt the Mavericks really struggled to do. Yes. Last time. Yeah. And, and see, so the thing about it is, and, I, and obviously going back to the obvious thing, which is they didn't make shots. They shot 36% from the field overall. And they only, they were 11 of 48 from the three-point line, 22%, 22.9 to be exact, almost 23%. And if they're and based on their shot profile, they're one of the, one of the highest volume three-point shooting teams in the league especially when you talk about shooting from corners and they just did not make three point shots and they have to make shots to win, which I'm, which I'm pretty confident that they will do because if you look back at the game, they had decent looks. They just did not go down. And one could say, you know, coming off of a big game seven, win, not being able to go back home, going right out to the Bay and your rhythm is just, your rhythm is just off off the court and now your rhythm is off on the court as well and it just looked like that was the case all night and so then so the the rhythmic threes aren't falling and then they go boxing one they're playing a zone and anyone out there who knows anything about being a shooter it's all about rhythm and one thing to help you gather your rhythm is knowing where your shots are coming from so early you're not making the ones that you know are coming to you then you add on the fact that now they're playing this zone and now they've gone boxing one and now all of your looks are a little they're a little bit unpredictable and that can throw off your shooting as well so when that happens now you're playing against a team that's also one of the faster paced teams in the nba so long shots equal long rebounds long rebounds equal fast breaks and dallas was just in flux all night trying to match up in transition making sure Lucas is in action at all times, not necessarily from a matchup hunting situation, but because the Warriors are more predicated on man movement and ball movement, he has to chase. 
And all of that made it a snowball of errors that were happening last night. Do you think the defensive issues are more of a more of a problem or do you think the shot making is more of a problem? That's a great question. Honestly, I, I want to hedge and say it's a mix of both, right? Because defensively, I mean, doubt, I mean, they, they Golden State, they kind of took away Golden State's three ball. And mind you, Golden State wasn't shooting the three ball all that well either. But they let them just get to the mid-range all night long. I mean, Wiggins, you know, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, even Draymond Green hit one. And then you also let Kevon Looney do damage as well around the basket. And he was a difference maker, just picking up where he left off from the Warriors' previous series against the um, um, against the Grizzlies. So when you look at how they played, I think defensively is a much bigger concern, especially since, you know, the Warriors aren't going to shoot historically that bad. Well, not historically. It wasn't like it was that bad. But what I mean is that they're going to go back to their general mean in terms of shooting the ball. And we know that from three um, in game one, it was subpar for their standards. It's going to get higher than that. So how are you going to adjust? Well, offensively, you have to hope, of course, they're going to knock down more than, you know, less than 30% of your threes. But defensively, again, getting back to that bread and butter and trying to stop Golden State from having whatever they want. They took away one aspect of Golden State's game. That's great. Golden State adjusted and went to another aspect. And it's a cat and mouse game. And uh, I didn't really see the Mavericks do enough of that in game one. Yeah, you bring, you bring up a great point in the fact that they gave up, you know, they, they allowed more shots inside the three-point line. And I think that Golden State's actually really comfortable with that. I know that strategy kind of worked against yep. Utah, of course. And then against Phoenix, they just pretty much crowded their their jump. I mean, their uh, mid range guys in Booker and Chris Paul. But the but the Warriors actually get a lot of their paint paint points and inside the three point line points based on ball movement. Yeah, so watching this game, a lot of those came in rhythm. It wasn't as if you, they were throwing them off and they were shooting shots that they aren't customarily making. These were shots that they're very comfortable taking all night long if you're going to give them those. And I think they were already prepped a little bit, honestly, from playing against Memphis because Memphis tried to take away the three ball and they had to figure out a way to generate points um, on the move, make, curling curling to the basket or hitting the – or there was even a situation where, I mean, you know, Steph Curry, he draws so much gravity that when he came off of a down screen, both men committed to him and he just dumped it over to Kevin Looney who went to the basket for a layup. And so I think that they're really comfortable if the game plan for Dallas is to take away the three-point shot and it's just going to open up everything else because at some point you give up so many of those that now you have to give that some more attention. You can't say we'll live with that, especially when you're going back down to the other end and you're not answering with with points for yourself. So um, so I also agree that, you know, they're going to come back. They're going to have some positive regression um, in terms of shot making, I don't think that they're going to be a team that can't make shots all, all series long or else this will literally be a sweep. I think they will knock down shots, especially considering they were getting good looks early in the game. And then they didn't fall and then the looks just did not become um, become good looks as the game waned. So I think that, you know, I think overall it's game one. I don't think there's reason to overreact. Um, I think there's there they have many things that's that are correctable, but the first thing that's correctable is the shot making. I think they're all pros, and I think the season has shown that they're very capable of making these shots. For you, what are you most what are you what do you most want to see the Mavericks address 
going into next game? Well, again, I, I guess I have to go back to that defense in terms of just in general, KYP, know your personnel. You know, you brought up a lot of these guys um, for um, Golden State are more comfortable shooting the mid-range. You have Clay Thompson. Well, Steph Curry first, Clay Thompson, and Jordan Poole. Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, two of the best shooters ever, right? Jordan Poole working his way up that ladder uh, in his very young career. Then you have guys like Andrew Wiggins, who has literally made $150 million in his career shooting that exact same type of shot. And then Otto Porter as well, who's also made substantial money shooting the mid-range, you know, stretching out to three. So I think I want them to wake up defensively first and foremost, or otherwise going to be a very short series, uh, even if they are making their shots, just because Golden State's offense is potentially more potent than Dallas's, right? Offensively, let's try to find ways again. You know, Luka was guarded capably and ably by Andrew Wiggins. He's not by no means a, a Wiggins stopper. You know, um, Don has had success against him in the past. However, he did a really good job of limiting him and making him shoot really bad on contested field goals, right? If that's the case, again, where's Jalen Brunson, you know? Where is um, Spencer Dinwiddie stepping up? The Warriors kind of cheat on Brunson. They almost kind of gave him the shot knowing that Brunson's not comfortable shooting threes off the dribble. So they invited him to take that, going under, knowing, hey, he's not going to pull up and do that because it's not his game. And, of course, Brunson obliged on that. And so right now it seems like the Warriors know the Mavericks better than the Mavericks know the Warriors. And that is not where you want to be in a series. So I think it's just a matter of execution. I trust Jason Kidd and his coaching staff. They've done a more than um, able job at this up to this point in making sure the Mavericks are prepared, focused, and understand their um, identity and also their opponents. But game one, this first one was not a good look. So let's get back to basics, hammer it home, get the fundamentals in. How do we defend this Golden State team? And then trust that we know how to operate our offense and that we'll knock down an open look the next time we get them. I think it'll be interesting to see how, how the Mavericks adjust to the way they have to defend this team. And what I mean by that is in, in the Utah series and in the Phoenix series, it was a lot of isolation basketball, or I should say pick and roll basketball, where you can sit in your help spots and kind of see what is happening and adjust from there. And that that you, your your legs are being saved, so to speak, because you're not constantly running and having to stay engaged or attached to someone. Now you get into this series where Luca doesn't have a lot of standing time on defense. Reggie Bullock won't have a lot of standing time on defense, especially if he's guarding Steph Curry. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith won't have a lot of standing time on defense like they were able to have in the first two series. So now when you talk about them playing against Golden State and you have to continuously be engaged, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to me to see how efficient they can be offensively knocking down shots, because obviously, as you continue to go further into this series, the more mileage you're putting on your legs, the harder it will be to make shots. And it kind of reminds me of when they played Houston a few years back and Houston defended them with so much effort that it literally took their legs away and they missed 33s in that game seven. And, and they, they just could not find the basket. <laughs> and so I'm, it'll be, I'm, I'm not saying that this will happen to Dallas, but it will be interesting to see if they can maintain a high level of defensive pressure while also maintaining a high level of shot making. Cause they'll need at least a few guys. Cause we know they don't have everyone on fire at every night, 
but they're going to need at least three guys clicking. And they, you got a Spencer Dinwiddie game. He played pretty well, 5 of 11 from the field, 3 of 7 from the uh, three-point line, had 17 points. Um, I know he was a minus 21, but the eye test shows that he was productive, something that you couldn't always say throughout this playoff run. I think we can all count on one hand how many good games Spencer Dinwiddie actually had. And now we've now one has seemingly been wasted, but hopefully, you know, there's more to come. But they'll just they'll they'll need more from these guys. And I and and the Jalen Brunson thing, that's a great scout in terms of knowing that he won't, he's not gonna shoot off the dribble three. So if you go under, he's not comfortable taking the one where he has to pick it up and and um and put up a shot. He's more yep. catching and spotting up and, and just having his feet set. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I don't think it's all doom and gloom. I think there's, you know, there's some things to address. I think there's more, I think it's more so things to address than things that are a concern. I think after game two will tell a lot more in terms of how they come out in that game, especially on the offensive end and if they're making shots and then obviously going home. But the belief is there just from the simple fact that they were down 0-2 against Phoenix and they got blown out of the water those first two games and, who would have thought that they would end up in a game seven and then end up blowing them out on the other end. So I definitely don't put anything past Luca who also didn't have a great game. He just looked out of sorts all night. Um, Just wasn't his best. Neither. I mean, nobody was their best. So I I, I think we get a better game from them in game two, as they get their legs under them after finishing a rough series with Phoenix. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It was an emotional one, a full seven day series. Uh, you know, Warriors did have a little bit extra rest, but you made an excellent point. So let's see how game two operates. See the adjustments, you know, going, um, the Dallas Mavericks are going to make. Uh, hopefully a little bit of rest will do them better, a little pep in their step. And then we'll see kind of how they respond. That's going to be the really important question, specifically after the game, like the first 10 minutes. Absolutely. And, and next game is going to be Friday at six, still in Golden State. Even if they don't split this one, I mean, that's what you're going for is a split. But if they don't, Dallas has clearly shown that they can turn things around quickly. So I'm excited to see what happens next. I'm, I'm definitely not in a in a panic mode. I mean, they've they've given me enough reason to sit here and give them a little bit of rope in terms of, OK, one game is down. Let's see what happens next. I don't think this is any reason for anybody to um, start running out of the building just yet. I think they'll be fine. So. Um, so, yeah, so game five, I mean, game five, game two is Friday night and we shall be back to talk to you guys about this. Thank you guys for listening to the Sports Ethos Dallas Mavericks podcast. Again, my name is Lawrence Brooks. You can find us on Twitter at Ethos Mavericks and my personal Twitter account is at LB Said It. Please continue to subscribe, download, leave a five star review. Um, let us know how you like it, because we very much appreciate our listeners and your input. Um, Corbin, where can everyone find you? Oh my God! And I was talking, bro. <laughs> it wasn't. Was like, it wouldn't. Oh. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be right if it didn't happen, right? Yeah, hey, you right. You right. I'm just gotta wait to the end. You right about that? Oh my goodness! <laughs> the listeners were waiting. Like, <laughs> they were waiting for it. They were like, they get, "What? Corbin has been on mute yet?" <laughs> oh my God! They can set a watch to it. Darn it! All right, you can find me and my mutant self on Twitter at Corbin NBA. Uh, that's where all my takes, pods, all of that will be done. And I was saying before I really cut my own self off. Uh, always a pleasure doing this with you, bro. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Wow. That's <laughs> <laughs> definitely all good, man. So appreciate you. Appreciate the listeners. You guys stay safe out there. Friday night, we back at it. And we'll let you guys know how we feel about it after that. But until then, go Mavs.